Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. <laughs> it's going well until you look at Johnny. This is Johnny going like... Hello and welcome to this week's episode of No Idea Yet. Too afraid to ask, too lazy to Google, you're in the right place. This is the show where we choose from any and all topics, have a little chat about what it is that we think we know, go away for a week and find out really how naive it is that we are. Joining me this week is Alistair and Johnny. Hello. And we are going to be delving into a smelly topic. This one is inspired by a very strange conversation I had with a lady when I was driving her to the near <laughs> I was driving her to a nearby communist society that had tried to split off from like the world and be self-sustainable and I didn't really know her very well and she wanted to tell me that if I used deodorant I was being controlled by um the government so this week's topic is deodorant. Because <laughs> I realised... Because the thing was, you see, this, this is a conversation I had a, a while ago, actually, but it just came to mind. Even though she was telling me that uh, the co- chemical compounds in deodorant, if I used them, would be able to um, affect my skin and control me in ways that I didn't understand, I didn't actually have any rebuttal. <laughs> like, I, wasn't going, I, I couldn't actually say anything in return, so I just kind of was like... Well, fair enough. I'll take that on board and I will one day look up deodorant and obviously I never did. So you guys are trapped with me (laughs) on a podcast for at least half an hour and we're going to have a little discussion. First of all, on what you define, obviously, Johnny, currently, deodorant to be. Well, surely there's two different types, whether it's antiperspirant or not. Because I guess that's probably more recent thing is to try stopping you sweating as much but originally it's just probably just to cover the smell of um bo well deodorant and perfume we've got to sort of separate from there yeah. surely but but then in why is that just marketing surely the deodorant's just marketing yeah and what's the difference between deodorant and a perfume if they both well perfumes smell. aren't antiperspirants right they don't stop you from sweating in a way that deodorants yeah, try to but surely deod- we've had but, deodorant for a while but it wasn't always an antiperspirant i don't know well the only, only sort of quite interesting I actually have as an experience of this um, when I was like 16 a friend of mine who was just oh I've, you know like when we had to wear shirts to school and stuff and I get, if you get like pit stains obviously it's a bit oh it's a bit embarrassing I think a friend of mine sort of noticed, noticed I, I did have had that of it and he was like oh yeah have had this stuff called dry claw and basically you use it oh. you put it on at night and then you wash off in the morning and it just closes the pores and like you just like there's no you sweat. Can't, you physically so you can't, can't sweat. You physically can't sweat. So I used to use that. Well, I haven't used it in quite a while now. So I think it's sort of you know, it's not it's not that bad. But yeah, it was like if I if I got if I did something and I got sweaty, I'd just be like I have a sweaty chest, sweaty back, <laughs> like no sweat <laughs> under my armpits. It's weird. But yeah, it like fully like yeah, deodorant eat your heart. That's really interesting. Really funny Fair. story about my brother when he was a teenager, and obviously just a time when he like, I feel like. I don't know, he must have started using a new antiperspirant when he hadn't previously or in some way. And I just remember this really heated, like, him freaking out a bit. So my mum be like, I just don't get it. I sweat all of my body, but not my armpits. It's really weird. And it's just because he was wearing antiperspirant and it was working really effectively. Um, and it completely <laughs> took him off guard. He had no idea what was going on. And it's like, you just, it's working the thing that you're... I guess we see it's so commonplace to put stuff on that you forget what it actually does gonna, in the job. Actually, did you guys, you're like, so we're all boys uh, of, well, you know, slightly different body types. So I'm wondering what it was that got you into deodorant, if that makes sense. Just, but I'm the oldest, right? So of my brother and sister. So <laughs> when you're babies, you don't put deodorant on babies, do you? Unless I'm really wrong here and I don't know how to raise a child. I'm pretty and sure you don't put deodorant on. I'd be like, like wait. I think you, you grab them by the heel, right? <laughs> Tony, don't you grab them by the heel and then just dunk them in the vat of like... 100%, but the heel yeah. gets well shake, shake them dry. That's why they say <laughs> shake the baby dry. <laughs> yeah, but then you just take the other heel and then do it do it again so that you make sure it gets both heels, right? Otherwise, it could be really bad, yeah, I think, if you, you don't get both heels. And it's fine. 
who become Achilles. Yeah, so then... <laughs> okay, so what I'm getting at is that there's a yeah, point when... Why did you just dunk the whole... You, oh, sorry. You start... I know, stupid. Um, <laughs> why you don't... Why, like, there's a point where you start wearing deodorant or antiperspirant. Like, and... I, I remember it very clearly. <laughs> Probably slightly too late into puberty for most kids, but yeah. no, Social I was definitely pressure. way late. Hundred percent, because I'm to be honest, I'm not, not like links. Yeah, I'm not a hugely sweaty person to be honest. Um, so my brother, I actually have a condition where I don't sweat, so I have to... <laughs> out of my armpits, everywhere else. But yeah, no, my brother's been always really sweaty, and then my uh, stepbrothers, they were like horrifically like smelly when he was teen, and it's kind of a case of if he had a shower. Like in the morning, by the evening, he'd be smelling kind of sway, and like, yeah, definitely. Like, a, you have to multiple times a day, he'd have to put a deodorant kind of thing. Not as much now, obviously, your body sells out a bit, but um, yeah, for me, definitely a case of people wearing it. So, you're like, oh, I want to make sure I smell nice, and then you fear that you don't, yeah, because you nice. thought it was cool rather than because you needed it more so, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, some people obviously they do, but yeah, definitely more of a thought of I feel like I do need it, and now I fear, am I smelly or not? I, I can't smell if I'm smelly, but I better be safe and put deodorant. <laughs> Oh, Alistair. Okay, so next point then, Alistair. What do you think about? Is it? I mean, is it unnatural? Should we? Should we be wearing deodorant? Like, do we? I surely thought... we just smell how we smell. That was the problem. Well, people did that for quite a long time, didn't they? And they were pretty gross. So they got like sort of like you know Victorian time kind of you know average people probably didn't. Have you met a Victorian? Um... <laughs> Maybe you'd like the smell. <laughs> <laughs> but that's other living conditions as well, right? I mean, basically, what I'm getting is like, do, do you reckon if no one wore deodorant? Um, but we had more, like you know, more of a natural lifestyle. Do you reckon it wouldn't be so bad? Is it our diet? So our diet affect how bad we smell? I think it's got because I, I remember we went to Tanzania for two months and then came back and obviously like we we maybe you'd shower once a week when we got to go to a like a a hotel or something. But most of the time we we're just camping out um, and you just had like baby wipes just to kind of freshen up and deodorant stuff. And then when I got back, I remember coming off the plane and meeting Abby, and she was like. And obviously, I've been like, oh, I don't think it's multi, but you know, like, you got a deodorant, you, you wipe yourself, stuff like that. Got a bag, and Abby was like, you stink of smoke and BO. Like, you smell awful. But, like, I like with a friend Sophie, like, I don't think we can't smell anything. It's fine. You just, oh, you... I, I wiped a baby wipe for me. I did one baby wipe for the <laughs> But do you like. We were around a, bar, we were around a bonfire every night for. You forget, <laughs> but you, you don't realise the smell. And I. I can bet. You definitely, yeah, you definitely get used to not having it. If, if no one did, yeah. then you'd be like, yeah. I, I, any money, you, I could bet that. Deodorant came about when easy access to water and bathing became more of a social thing. Because suddenly, when you bathe, that smell goes away, and then it comes back again. And so maybe you can notice and sort of actually, I'm used to not smelling the smell anymore, and now it's coming back. And depending mm, on how often you bathe, and then the deodorant. I'm definitely, I'm definitely curious as to what when it actually came in in mm. sort of in a noticeable form as it is now. Because obviously, perfume would be around way longer than deodorant, right? Surely, Egyptians, isn't it? Yeah, perfume is super, yeah, super. This old, is, so yeah. This episode is focusing on the kind of like the bo that the like the fixing it not just trying to smell nice because you got perfect but fair enough okay uh, another point we're going to move on to just because it's we're going to research do you get, how sorry yeah, just how deep do you want to get into the whole conspiracy thing of does that's the where government we're going. control that's okay, where we're great. going buckling guys i will say just <laughs> so quickly one the last point of should we it is a mad thought to close a natural function of your body which is vital for surviving and like the regular yeah if you, yeah, if you, like if you, if you did that your entire body and that dry cool stuff you'd probably like overheat and i don't know it wouldn't be good yeah you, yeah, you couldn't sweat up your entire body yeah you'd overheat very you wet head oh i get sweaty feet like are you crying um, no i'm just sweating for my eyelids there's no pores anywhere <laughs> Yeah, because I like the idea that cause if it can't get out the other pores, it all goes to the, the pores that it can get to, right? It's not, you're like a sieve. That's the science. That's definitely how the science works. shoots out of your eyelids. Oh. Oh. You just like, square out of your fingertips. <laughs> <laughs> like a water gun. Oh, yeah. um, okay, so my next point is ingredients, basically. Like, the stuff that we put in deodorant... I'm guessing you guys know about the idea of like aluminium and deodorant. Yeah, like, right. Yeah. I actually, I've, I've, I don't know about this. I actually don't. I just remember reading. Oh, this hasn't got aluminium in it. It used to. Yeah. <laughs> what? I know the marketing of aluminium, but I don't actually know much about the aluminium itself. I know it's a thing of aluminium's bad to put on your body. I think it's and aluminium that's... oxide, right? That's, it's, it's a, it's a, rea- it's a compound of aluminium. I assume it's not straight up metal filings. <laughs> <laughs> well. That's awful. It was aerosol, yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there's some sort of 
Well, the active ingredient, I remember this thing about the, um, the, the striker stuff, like I said, that actually physically just closes your pores. You put it on at night and then you wash off in the morning. You, you just, I think you did it every night when you first start using it. And it's, it's like painful. It like actually hurts. Like it's like difficult to get to sleep with it on because it is like, oh, you know, wow. so it's, de- it's definitely doing something that's like not natural to your body in a big way. So I feel like that, that's a very, very extreme example of, of this kind of stuff. Can you can but, you find out for the next episode what's in it? <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Like I say, it's, it's definitely some sort of... Glue! It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> like 24-hour setting glue, wash it off after night because otherwise it'll set. <laughs> yeah, or peel it off in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's peel off the aluminium that's gluing tinfoil to your armpits. <laughs> Just tinfoil and glue. <laughs> Yeah, it's marketed really well. <laughs> okay, so you guys have no idea about actual ingredients in, in deodorant, right? I mean, like, I have no idea what's in it. It's no, like, like, that's why in I the same way that I don't know, I couldn't tell you the ingredients in, like, a milkshake. Like, <laughs> you know. Milk? I, I think Milk I could. <laughs> no, 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 you know, like... Banana? No, you like, the, 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 I thought you meant, like, the chemical like, the yeah. list. Because obviously you see that thing as, like, a massive list of, like... Chemical is basically sort of this anti-vaxxing thing, trying to trying to show people how, how daft it is that if you can't pronounce it, it's not natural. It's like no, they just give this like full list of crazy different like um, chemicals and things, and they're like, oh yeah, I would never put any of those in my body. And it's like okay, yeah, this is just literally I've just broken down a banana. <laughs> like this is just what's in a banana. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, bananas are pretty unnatural. <laughs> Bloody yeah, oh my God. curved yellow things. Okay, last last question. I'm just going to ask you guys before we head off. Uh, unless you have any more points afterwards, is what deodorant do you guys use? Mm, I'm representing me. Rolling, spraying, so, the, the the waxy blocks that people rub on themselves. Don't. I remember in high school of being aerosol suddenly like, oh no, it's really bad. You got to use like roll on or you use the little, you know, well, prit sticks, prit sticks, yeah, prit sticks. <laughs> and then I didn't really catch on to for a while, and then I, it was then I started using like Dove like Pritt stick one and then it went to home sense and there was like a um what was it called something like humbly simple something like that and it was lavender and basil and it that's a candle yeah and it smelled <laughs> incredible and I, when i wore it i could smell it all day i'm like sweet and i'm not particularly sweaty so it was never really an issue of antiperspirant more a case of smell um and then from there then through advertising and algorithms wild deodorant um which is the stuff you get which is the all natural thing and it comes reusable and you get like a little black tin that i have and then you get things sent in the post whenever you need refills and then it kind of it's just cardboard it's like the the paste inside a cardboard thing you put it into your container then you can just reuse it you throw out the cardboard recyclable and then you get the new stuff and again it's got it's all it's like usually like deodorant still the one i got from home sense which is only american so i can't get any more of it it's like three ingredients only and this one's like five or six ingredients i guess the idea of like like apple where it's like the less is more like the more simplistic i guess as well as a marketing thing of being like why is there 50 different products in this look there's only five and you know what they are <laughs> um mm-hmm. yeah so that's uh, yeah wild it's good that's really cool okay. I, did, I, I did not expect that <laughs> thought you're gonna be like dove roller but actually so. yeah. okay alison um, I don't because I don't want the government to control me. Are you, not, are you crazy? <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> and I, I own currently some. I I went to a phase where women see it actually for a little bit. That was quite quite nice. It just smells better. Um, if it's marketed for women's stuff, it's marketed in the idea of towards men. And same with men's is marketed towards women, technically, isn't it? I remember someone in high school being like, like if you wear women's, you prefer the smell more than you do men's. <laughs> I don't know, I just, I, uh, no. I just in the shop smelt one and I was like, oh, it smells yeah. better. Yeah. I'm just going to prove it, you know, toxic masculinity, sir. So not... <laughs> <laughs> well, no, got... yeah, yeah, like I said, yeah. I used the dry cloth stuff when I was a teenager loads. And I basically haven't haven't sweated out my armpits for the last 10 years. So. <laughs> <laughs> is it, Never is rubbed it, it off. or like a roll-on type thing? Oh no, that stuff's like a roll-on, yeah. yeah. Like, roll-on, like I said, it is, if you, once you've used it, it doesn't, it, you, you know, your body gets used to it, so you don't. But like when you start it, it's painful. Like it was, it was I definitely like it's so pretty hard. Shave your armpits, your like... apart from no, I think I think you, d- you shouldn't. If you shave your armpits, it's bad for that. I think. Oh. So I don't know, but I, I yeah I don't know yeah I like no it's, it's not something I really use these days. I definitely I've got a nice um, Hugo Boss aftershave which I which I whack on if I'm trying to mm. <laughs> specification. Trying to woo and someone. Freddy, what do you use? Uh-huh. I was just say I use uh, women's roll on. Uh, deodorant with no perfume in it, like because 
I always got uh, I always got crap from my dad if I smelled of anything, literally anything. Same with my mum actually. Both of them. Are just oh, my like, dad's really hot on that. Actually, one day, yeah. If I like the spit the Febreze in a room and he'd be like, "No, I'm not oh, going there." <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Oh what? Oh, I smell like a ham. You smell like a handbag, Freddie. Like, like anything, anything. Any handbag. You smell like this. <laughs> yeah. So I just can't. And also, so it's handbag for men. <laughs> That's why it's marketed towards. I'm not sure who, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'd like to go away on this, like soft topic of <laughs> deodorant. Uh, maybe anything about the chemicals that are in it. Um, if it actually is good or bad for the environment, I mean, you never know. Maybe the spray has been fixed now. Um, maybe a little bit of the history of when it came in or not. Uh, a bit of bo. I mean, we only put deodorant on our armpits, right? But I mean. All of us, we smell all over. Like maybe people put it other places. I don't um, know. Do you know? Is it J N L or do you know those? Like sometimes you go into Argos or no Woolworths. At the end of an hour, there'd be a little TV and it'll have the product underneath it, and it'd be like mm. presented on J B L. Look at this thing we have. And it, I swear I saw one thing. I think it's like an American one. Do you know, like those like cliche, like really bad acting commercials of? And it was like if spring on your crotch and your feet and it was like i think it was like a it, it, like is a lorry driver and he's like coming out and like oh do you have like badass smell and bad crotch or feet look at this tiny little spray and it's like mm, so good that kind of like really terrible and it was yeah for, effectively for your groin and for your feet and that was that's where it's tugged in i did see i saw a thing about if you spray on the back of your knee it's like the your knee pits like the back of yeah. your knees that then it comes out your whole body more. Oh, that's cool. What? So sorry, Fred. Sorry, the history, ingredients, environmental impact, and then yeah, that's basically well, that's basically an interesting fact. And bio like, itself. Yeah, I mean, you know the name for your elbow pit. Weenus. Opposite weenus. That's your weenus, isn't it? Uh, 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 no, it's your crook. The crook of your arm. Makes sense. What's so this bit? Fair. Yeah, elbow pit. So then, what's your knee pit then? Crook. Your south southern crook. <laughs> southern crook. It sounds like Perfect. a really dealer. Sounds like a fancy pub. Well, it does on that like a fancy pub. on that fantastic pub name or ba- band name, <laughs> it's up to you. Um, you can give all credit to Alistair. Um, thanks for joining us for the first half. We're going to go away and research, and we'll find out what we just didn't know yet about deodorant after the break. Sponsored by Netflix. Sponsored by Way Evil. Wild or whatever. Hello and welcome back after the break. We're here, Johnny, Alistair and Freddie, as you well know, and we have been talking about a smelly subject, and that is deodorants and antiperspirants. So, I'm wondering, it's been five seconds for you, a week for us, what is it? That we found out. What is it that we just didn't know? Jonathan, do you have the definition? <laughs> One thing is that this is unrelated. It was oh. the very end of it of what is a knee pit, and the word is popliteal fossa, or just a knee pit. Those are the words. Um, I think you do call it a popliteal anyway, fossa. Uh, deodorant. So, I'll look at yeah, two sure. things because of the difference. So, a deodorant is a substance which removes or conceals unpleasant smells, especially odours. And a perfume, because I thought, well, you need to know the de- You need more than one definition to know one definition. Is a perfume is a fragrant liquid, typically made from essential oils extracted from flowers and spices, used to give a pleasant smell to one's body. So one is about just smelling nice, and the other is actually by trying to counteract bad smells. If you know what I mean? Yeah. So one you can smell bad with perfume on top, with the other one is trying to actually get rid of the bad smell. Fair enough. I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, obviously, like we're not going into it now, but I didn't realise the whole thing about perfumes and parfums and eau de toilettes are all apparently different concentrations, but I don't know. Oh, More than that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Alistair, did you focus on anything in particular with this favourite fragrance subject? I did a few fun facts, which are always a bit of a laugh. Just general interesting stuff about about deodorant um, and some smelly people in history. 
George was particularly smelly. It's good to George, yeah, he just bloody stinks. Yeah, no, and yeah, just a general kind of. Um, I know that you went pretty hard on the on the ingredients specifically, so I thought I'll uh, hand it back over to you. I don't know, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm um, got a couple of quick quick fire facts. I think there's some quite fun ones here. So there's one about whether or not you actually need antiperspirant. Is you can actually tell it's a little bit gross, but by your earwax apparently. I haven't tested this, I must confess, so it might be complete rubbish. But apparently, if your earwax is dark and sticky, you need deodorant. But if it's sort of white and flaky, then you don't need it as much. That's really interesting. Uh, we Not sure why that's true. In, but when you were in China, wasn't that like we yeah, have earwax? Thing. We have so super gross earwax for Chinese people because they just have like powder. We so have like sticky, like gross stuff. For the people that you met in China, they just don't need deodorant or antiperspirant. Probably, uh, yeah, it, um, you don't really see it for sale in the same way. So, yeah. That's yeah one thing I noticed, like the difference between, like deodorant is sold like almost oh, what is the term, like a not a medicine, but do you know like it, it's marketed a lot more as like a, a that kind of uh, health product. So healthcare, healthcare perfume. Yeah, healthcare. Whereas the perfume is something which is more like more of a commodity item. kind of yeah. Yeah, not, yeah, that's it. So it's, it's funny the, the difference is effectively the exact same job of bad smell to nice smell. <laughs> but one is triple the price and considered, lu- considered luxury. The other is like a lot cheaper and considered just an essential. That's really interesting, mm. yeah. Because this is something that's happened in more modern times. Um, I was just speaking to my parents at the weekend and I happened to mention that this was the topic we were talking about and my dad went off on a rant about <laughs> like how different it's become in recent years and I recorded that rant. Would you guys be interested to hear? Yes. Um, <laughs> dad rants. Well, when I was very young, there were things called um, aftershave. But what the hell is aftershave? Well, all aftershave was was effectively perfume for men. They, they, to, to, to market it, what they did was they said, okay, you, after you shave, you put the stuff on, it makes you smell nice, which is rather bizarre. Good marketing technique. Around the same period of time, people started using deodorants. And I remember when I was at school, um, nobody had deodorants. I said, one guy, and he came, home, came to school with a can of deodorant. We couldn't believe it, you know. What do you want this stuff for? Because it, um, because everybody smelt a bit. <laughs> And gradually over time, people smell less and less of BO, but more and more of these fucking perfumes. And sometimes I'm amazed you walk down the high street and you get a waft of some disgustingly. Yeah. But, so, wait, at school when you were there, everyone just smelled of BO and you just got used to it? Yeah, because everybody used to it. Well, 100 years ago, nobody had any perfumes. Most people don't need soap. Everybody must have stunk to high heaven. Fair enough. But uh, it's like anything, as, as, as things change, as people wash more, I mean, not that long ago, um, in Victorian times, there were baths, they had, nobody had bathrooms in houses now, you see on these house programmes, people still don't have bathrooms upstairs, because when the house was built 100 years ago, there was no such thing as a bathroom, there'd be a, a tin bath would be put in front of the fire, filled with water from the kettle, and the, you'd, you'd literally bathe in the house. Then they put some of these houses, the Victorian houses, the one was used to go and look at, like in Victoria Road, you'd have the house and a kitchen, and then on the back of that, they'd, put, they'd have built a bathroom, some of these freezing cold <laughs> bathroom extensions, because there was no room for a bathroom in the house. So people didn't bath very much. So people were used to it. It's pretty smelly. You'd, you'd pretty wash, if you could do, once a bloody week. <laughs> oh, I guess you and then yeah, everyone just got used to it. When I was at school, we had two baths a week, and it was it wasn't a bath. There was about it was, I think it was six inches of water in the bottom of the bath. <laughs> it was you, you you recycled it. So one person got in and you were told, you in next two minutes, right? You out, next in, next out. This is boarding school. Then, yeah, prep school. When we were, we were small kids, you know, we were about 12, 10, 11, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. And if you were the last one to get in, it was the water being <laughs> not brown, it was yellow. It was that sort of horrible sort of, and fucking cold, of course, it wasn't that deep. So you didn't, you, you bathed very little. There were no showers at that prep school and nobody had deodorants. So it's only a sort of, it's a very modern thing. I love your dad. <laughs> also just because 
it's just like adult southern as well i mean you guys are like kids southern comparatively i mean that that's like <laughs> you've got it going I mean, yeah so funny. as our dads our brothers they have the exact same opinion like my, my dad was like buddy you like the smell like uh, if there's like a tiny bit of febreze in someone's house he'll be like oh god you know, what's this rubbish <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like you know the, the, the maddest thing as well for like a my nine she's she's 96 and like when she had my dad it was a case of she had to go downstairs to stoke the fire to warm the water to have a bath to make the bath mm-hmm. that's how it works so she had a fireplace the fireplace now is just a gas fire it's just you know, the standard just more visual pretty and that gives off heat but before it used to be like a proper fireplace you needed to have fire in there to warm up your water you know and that was you know and that was my dad when he was a kid and again to like and yeah you share baths you know because well you've got a full bath of water that's a lot of water which is mm. why you're wasting it so you know kids go first then adults and then and then the vegetables and then, the vegetables, <laughs> and then you drink it yeah so uh, just to just to about what he was talking about does it surprise you that deodorant is so recent that you know at school no one would smell of anything other than humans or is that kind of expected like, that's a nice I way you could put that but yes, I think looking into perfumes, so that's the different deodorants. I mean, like, oh, I'll, I'll go into a bit of the research. So, so the first deodorant, which the idea was it kills odor producing bacteria, was called Mum and had been trademarked in 1888 with the first antiperspirant, which um, would be for against the sweat production of and bacterial growth, was called Everdry and launched in 1903. But the, the funny thing is that it was in a Victorian society, so you're still on that kind of thing of where people didn't talk about sweat or bodily function, it was all like hush-hush, you know, mm. so, it was, so if people were worried they'd just wash more or they'd have like uh, perfume or effectively have like sweat pads made out of cotton or rubber, so if you think you're going to look sweaty, you put these on on a hot day to avoid getting any sweat patches, and like that I thought of like, yeah, perfumes, yeah, so the first perfume was um, recorded in 1200 BC, there's a chemist woman called Taputi in Mesopotamia, which is just for idea. Mesopotamia now is Iraq, parts of Iran, Turkey, Syria, and Kuwait. But yeah, so that's so perfume's been around for years, like thousands, well, yeah, thousands of years. And obviously that was to cover smells, but like, and it was also she was a chemist, as quite funny like how I thought of it. But clearly, it wasn't until the 1900s when they had to market it. They had to convince people you're smelly. Like the same with, do you know um, halitosis for bad breath? Listerine made that term up to make it sound medical. That's just a made-up word that the comp- marketing did to make it sound official that you need Listerine as a medical thing to treat your bad breath. Mm. And it suddenly makes it sound official. So and I love it that, as you're saying, like, it's marketing. You've got to tell people, actually, you're sweaty and smelly and it's gross and you need this now, not just perfume. Now it's your body smell. You don't want to smell nice, you're going to get rid of your smell. Mm. Yeah, I think, That's really yeah, interesting. Man, yeah. That's, I can totally see how that becomes adopted over time as well just become the norm like so within yeah. I say within a, like a generation or two like sort of 40, 50 years mm. humans like that. So yeah. that was a boarding school kind of thing that's we're so good that humans are so good at absorbing insecurities and until they're like <laughs> like, <laughs> like it can be anything um, go, go on Tony I can see a deodorant is against body odour and that's um also, it can so it's either a smell or actually an antibacterial as well, so it kills bacteria. So it's not that. Because, yeah, one of the things I've an researched you, you, was about, you could use. Um, sorry to just remember, this is for me. You could you can um, use a hand like and uh, if you've got any spare hand gel stuff, you could use that and it would be effectively the same as your. It would do serve the same function as deodorant. Obviously, probably wouldn't be as good for your skin. But yeah, well, you could totally use yeah, hand gel. That works. Know, is it ingredients or something? For that it? works very well into my... I, I got two parts of research that I'd like to talk about. Um, first, uh, what I did... Well, l- later on what I'll say is that I'm going to talk about some of the conspiracies. Johnny, you love conspiracies. I'm going to talk about the conspiracies behind deodorant use later. But first, I, when I was at work, um, I, had some, I took some deodorant with me. Um, because sometimes I'm hot and sweaty because I do a lot of manual labor stuff and it's just it just gets disgusting so sometimes I freshen up and it, I came to realize I should look at the all the ingredients on the back of my uh, deodorant and actually find out what every single one of them does especially considering that that's what the argument was I spoke about in the first half from a person I knew was that we don't understand what's going into these things so I compiled the list I removed one ingredient, which was water. 
um, from the list. But what's water? Well, actually, okay, so I'm going to just quickly go on a tangent here. Do you know why it says aqua and not water? No. Because you bought it in Spain. No, check, check your deodorant. <laughs> check your deodorant. <laughs> is it because water could mean like it's a mix of things, or is aqua is meant to be like a pure, you know, or it's just this or whatever? No. Too early. It's because this is actually really interesting. Um, so there's actually an INCI system which is the International non commensure of Cosmetic Ingredients, and it's a standardized way of listing oh, ingredients. Yeah, I was just thinking I should have. <laughs> I don't know, my tongue. Wait, this is why it's interesting. Which cell says you have to have the ingredients based in Latin, English, and other scientific names in a specific way. If you don't, and you put one other language on there, by law, you have to put all other languages of the places that you're selling it to. So that's why sometimes you look at something and it has the Spanish, Italian, Russian, French, German, German, whatever, and sometimes it just has one language. So that means that if you buy something in America, you can't sell it in Europe because it has words that should be in Latin, but they're actually in English or something. Yeah, because of course, like if you get, like if you ever go to an American section of a of a shop in the UK, all the labels will always have like it'll be printed over the top, won't it? Mm -hmm. You always have those like little sticky white things, and it's like, why did they just put the same ingredients over the top of the previous ingredients? But well, that'll be why selling to a different country. Technicalities. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, the fun game that I've got is I have sent you guys a list of all 19 ingredients in my Dove Roll-On shampoo, uh, Dove Roll-On shampoo, Dove Roll-On deodorant. Isn't that just a bar of soap? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you pick one, uh, one or two each, I'm going to tell you a fun fact about it because there's actually quite a lot of interesting things going on. So, Alistair, would you like to go first? Choose an ingredient. I will go for number 18, which I believe is Linalool. Looks like Lina, then L-O-L. Yes, so. Linalool or Linalool. Linalool. It is produced by a wide variety of plants, such as mint, cinnamon, citrus fruits, birch, birch trees, and other. It has a pleasant floral smell. Um, it can be absorbed by inhalation or oral intake for other things, which can cause allergic reactions. It is actually an allergen. And it turns out 7% of Europe uh, like European people, um, if you have a patch test, will show an allergy to little. Sounds like a real. Yeah. I thought, what, this is your Sorry, I was thinking when we were researching this about like why we decided that mint is like fresh. Why, why does mint <laughs> equal fresh? Like, what, what, what was that? Like, where did that come from? <laughs> this is the thing that quick tangent about mint of being like mint is the most versatile thing in the world. Of like, you have it. You have it for your main, you can have it with mint and lamb, you can have it with pudding. Mint, so yeah, mint sauce is your main, and then as a pudding you have like mint ice cream or mint chocolate chip. You have it with chocolate, you can have it for toothpaste in the morning and the evening. You'll put it in your mouth and you're still okay to be like, yeah, I'm going to have it for my main and then my dessert. And you, know, you have it in like soothing, smelly, like... Chewing, chewing gum. Chewing gum. You know, literally, mint is used for, like, you have it as wash scrubs, stuff like that. Mints and everything, and everyone's just completely okay. And it's just such a versatile we weed. I mean, it grows it is, it is like fresh. mad as well. Yeah, mints are great. Yeah, big fan of mint. Oh, fair play. Put mint on anything. Mint, mate, is mint, is it? Mint's mint. Okay, well, um, is that a dog or a baby? A dog or a ghost. Quite a fast baby, the speed at which you sort of saw the door open and then you saw it come around. That would be quite hey, amazing. he's about that fast now. <laughs> really? Johnny, um, yes. when you've got a moment, would you like to choose an ingredient? Of course, I'm going to go for the. I was like, mm, which one to go? I'm going to go for seven, which I'm going to try to pronounce with pentarithritol tetradietybutyl butyl hydro hydroxyhydrocinamate. Yep. So because of the Latin and the Spanish names, you have to have this. It's just a fatty acid that's found in food. <laughs> <laughs> that's, it's like, it's not bad for you. It's, it's, it's totally normal. So the description is shorter than the <laughs> name. Literally, yes. <laughs> um, fatty acid found in food. That is definitely fewer, word, fewer letters than... Not to... Not to bore our listeners. Alistair, just one more then. Uh, only because I've actually heard this one before, I don't really know what it is, a glycerine. Yeah, glycerine. Rings a bell, glycerine, sorry, yeah, it rings a bell. Yeah, it's a sweet tasting chemical, completely non-toxic, and it's used in literally everything. We're talking from yeah. shampoo to food to colouring to dyes to all sorts of stuff. It's used in everything. Put it with nitrogen somehow? Oh my god, I didn't even think of looking up that 
Yeah, is that nitroglycerin? That that might yeah, be. That exploded, right? How yeah. did I not think of looking that up? Oh my god, I'm I so make sorry. I my deodorant into C4. <laughs> You don't seem quite club. <laughs> I will try. Yeah, have you, I read like a recent essay. Mad book. Um, Johnny, let's use one more and then I'll... Uh, yeah, I'm going to go for one. Uh, limonene. So it reminds me of limoncello. Nice. Well, if... Would you like to guess... Yes. So, limonene, used in almost all types of body care products, it's also a dietary supplement, has a fresh smell, may cause irritation if you put pure stuff on your skin, it is flammable and toxic to aquatic life. <laughs> that's nice. Yes. Oh, so that's probably a good segue into our environment section. Well, yes, actually, just to just to finish off my segment because there's so many different things, and sadly, you didn't pick any of the fun ones that I was hoping you I would. And they, there are two. I thought you did do this as a way to show off the fact that you learned all nineteen. <laughs> no, it's just the fact that some of them have mad no, go facts. Ahead, hit, hit us with some mad ones. Go, go on. yeah, go. Okay, because people get so happy about. Um, safety, obviously, because you know you're selling to yeah. the, selling to the masses. Safety, mate. Yeah, people living. Ugh. Exactly. So it's interesting that basically all of these chemicals, in some way or form, have been tested to the extremes to find out exactly how much a human can handle before it like starts hurting, like itching or you know like causing irritation. So one, for example, is um... oh, I've lost which one it is now. Ah, Stereth to Perfume is an emulsifier that you use in lots of things such as moisturizers and stuff. And they were like, someone said, this is, uh, this is bad, this is, I'm allergic to this. So they had to do these tests. They found out that the only way you can cause irritation is if you put it at 60% or more concentration and then spray it directly in your eyes. <laughs> That's, they actually found this out. Um, other quick who facts. Who get paid to do that sort yeah, of Yeah, they're right. Yeah. Um, camps, but for spraying <laughs> deodorant in your eyes. That fun. Other quick random stuff that was in my roll-on is that helianthus seed oil is actually just sunflower oil and has been used for skin smoothing and soft properties for over 5,000 years. And finally, the one that I found just hilarious was eugenol. So this is has a pleasant spicy scent. It's extracted from certain essential oils such as cloves, um, nutmegs, cinnamon, basil, bay leaf. It is attractive in its pure form to various species of orchid bees and the female cucumber beetle. And Incredible. if you put it in a fish tank, it makes the fish go to sleep. <laughs> so you can <laughs> use it to euthanize sick fish. <laughs> There we go. Incredible. Only fish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah apparently. Anyway, there's, there's fun stuff about all the other ingredients, and I would recommend anyone at home, if you're not sure to, about what you're actually putting on your body, it's quite interesting actually looking up, finding what the true truth is behind it, and realizing that everything is pretty much safe okay. at the concentrations that they're in in your products. One thing, I looked at white aluminium, so well, what's, what's the issue for? Perfect, yeah. Yeah, and it was so it's an antiperspirant specifically. It's aluminium salts, and they they effectively plug up your your sweat glands. Um, so and it also inhibits bacteria that feeds on sweat. So that, yeah, we haven't said bo isn't actually your sweat. It's produced from bacteria that eat your sweat, and obviously their their excess will probably just give up a smell which we don't like. But um, yeah, originally and aluminium, it was in, like done in sixties and seventies. There's some research done onto it, and it was the fear that aluminium was linked to Alzheimer's and breast cancer. But studies more recently have just haven't found it, so there's no scientific evidence to prove that aluminium does anything. And one thought of like, oh, does it dam damage your kidneys? Because kidneys can also filter out aluminium, but maybe you're putting too much on it, and your skin is a barrier for that reason. And I guess you always forget, you somehow think that your body's not built to do stuff, like your skin is meant to stop stuff getting in, and one of those things is aluminium. So mm. it doesn't matter how much it is. There's some people, I think it's more like, not anecdotal, but so like, oh, there's a lot of people who get breast cancer in a certain area, but it's more like there's not really evidence to suggest it's because of aluminium, and the breast cancer tissue isn't any more doesn't have any more aluminium than any other part of your body. Uh, so the the aluminium fully is a case of that's just marketing. It's something from way back, and science doesn't actually say that it's a bad thing. And again, yeah. everything's FDA approved. Well, at least in America, and that's just I don't know what we have in England. Um, so it's a case of yeah it's safe to use that's just marketing that's exactly true it's just because um, one of the conspiracies that I well that you've already covered now is the aluminium and this some people said oh right well um, the aluminium 
is causing like uh, problems in your skin and it makes you get cancer and then people are like no 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 you can't absorb it and they're like yeah but you shave your armpits if you're a woman so the cuts that you have in your arms that's where the aluminum gets in and they showed that no it's actually impossible to absorb enough aluminium uh, through even cuts to cause anything and just that you touched on the kidney part was because it turned out that people who had kidney issues were given a drug called aluminium hydroxide and the drug then turned out wasn't filtering being filtered out because the kidneys were bad even though it was to help control high phosphorus levels and those patients were started developing dementia um, but that's because they literally had aluminium injected into them so it's um, yeah I feel like this is quite an enjoyable section for any of the American listeners who and aluminium as we say it's quite a it's oh, word that is actually very different in, in, uh, in American and it's like aluminium right in American I do use aluminium, aluminium. to remember how to spell it though in my head <laughs> <laughs> on aluminium yeah uh, uh, go on oh, the reason why the things I looked up for ingredients was uh, you know like the, the wild deodorant I was talking about what I have Wherewild.com. It's not an advert, it's just quite funny at the moment. We need to get a sponsor, and this is a great. <laughs> I wish. Great please listen to this and give us some free stuff. <laughs> um, but the things are saying it's no aluminium, it's uh, sulfate and paraben free. And so I looked at the sulfate thing, and apparently I, I only found sulfur in shampoos, and it's a, it's a bit of a myth that they're a carcinogen. Um, but I think it can be a skin irritant dependent on your skin type. So some of the stuff which they, some deodorants try to avoid is stuff, like say with parabens, uh, their function is for against fungus, bacteria and yeast prevention uh, to, to stop that. Um, and the main thing is some people can get dermatitis because of it, contact dermatitis. But it's more of a thing of like, they're just, as you're saying, Freddie, like some of the products you'll get, they will cause some people irritants, but you then get sensitive skin stuff. But the one big thing about parabens, which is, which is huge. I know what this is. And, is this an endocrine disruptor and this is the doozy it's a big one so I, I was reading the thing saying yeah it's an endocrine disruptor which can put a bit more estrogen in your body but it's in such low amounts it's not really going to make much of an issue because sometimes too much estrogen can cause breast cancers especially but no the endocrine disruptor thing is having too much of an estrogen which is they find it in fish so you got so like, if you've heard the i don't know i only saw this from philip defranco thing of like or somebody making a joke by that proper conspiracy guy turning the frogs gay um, but the actual the, the reason why the actual thing was that because of endocrine disruptors effectively it's having artificial estrogen too much in your system and so they found in I think it was near a runoff from a factory which had these pumping out into a river that the fish there the male fish started to actually grow um, they were starting to produce egg cells and like embryonic stuff effectively having too much estrogen in the body that even for fish they were actually starting to develop more female uh, uh, reproductive organs and the idea so even for fish I feel like the same amount the same levels of estrogen would have a bigger effect on a fish than a human <laughs> even a fish <laughs> even a fish could you wouldn't believe it even thing. these really <laughs> tough giant fish <laughs> but do you know like it's you know it's a big fish and it's living in like estrogen so obviously this is like a, a more serious effect but they still haven't there's still loads of things about like you know you can see why our sperm count has like hugely decreased over the years like since the 70s like it's halved or something mad like that and like what is now considered a good amount used to be considered a poor amount and like there's lots of different things of how you know there's so much stuff we use it's in plastics and stuff like this it's not conspiracy stuff it's more just as we go into the new age and we're not noticing what we're putting in our products like bpa free plastics that's the thing you had to have because we didn't realize actually the plastics we have they're leaching chemicals into us we don't want to have so it's just that awareness so but did, did you see like i mean all this is totally true and i saw the same thing but did you see that most major brands of deodorants and antiperspirants don't contain parabens i didn't know that. no just they, a point then, marketing. It, well isn't yes parabens are bad uh, or in certain ways but you get parabens also from eating you know processed foods and you know it's in lots of stuff but yeah. we don't use parabens in deodorant and antiperspirant anymore Oh, that's so that's why it's that's the conspiracy part a lot of the stuff as well is usually stuff is in such small amounts that it's negligible so it's a case of yeah it may have it on the ingredients list but it's not telling you the percentage which is like absolutely minute so and on your skin like you said it's on your skin you're not yeah, <laughs> you're not rubbing it in your eyes or on your tongue well, I, can say, I really hope I would be there next time some conspiracy theorists questions any of us all these questions pretty <laughs> on no oh, mate you shouldn't be using that so it's better well well let me tell, let you, me tell you a thing or two about well Alistair actually do you know any conspiracy slash reasons why you wouldn't use 
perspirant, antiperspirant, or deodorant, do you have any ideas of what people might say? The reasons for going no, no armpit product? I just feel like, yeah, the, it's just the big hippie kind of vibe of that and the driver is just natural is better, right? And then when you're, but you're physically blocking a natural, something that's completely natural would therefore conflict in that way. That's, yes. That'd be my, that'd be my so opinion. this is exactly it. This is someone, a friend of mine actually, doesn't wear deodorant. Um, and they say that- Called Smelly Pete, is it? Called Smelly Pete. They, they say, uh, they said, well, Freddie, because I actually asked, I was like, what are your reasons for it so that I can research them? And they said, well, well, first of all, surely blocking your skin is bad because then your body can't remove toxins. Like, because, like, surely uh, that's bad. I, I have researched that. Ah, excellent. You, you, you um, remove all your toxins from pooping. Like, yes. That's pretty much how you get rid of all toxins <laughs> in your body. Like, sweating gets rid of so, such a minimal amount of toxins. Do you know how many toxins sweating gets rid of, actually? Uh, I haven't counted, but I think it's... I will give you a quote. Like a tiny amount of I will give you a quote by the national the National Geographic. This is interesting because I read about it, but the National Geographic particularly gave a great quote that I wanted to say. Ahem. It's too bad you can't sweat away toxins any more than you can sweat away actual bullets. <laughs> it turns out you can't. Like sweat does not contain toxins at all. Yeah, well, Sweating. Think about it. It's like all the stuff that you're getting in your like a the idea of digesting food and everything else and, like, and then getting rid of that waste that feels like you know, you're taking something and then, you know, doing stuff to it and then you know sweat is just like it's, it's, it's a cooling mechanism it's not, it's not you're not getting rid of bad things about your body the fact that it happens to smell is just because of the it obviously with bacteria on your skin it reacts with that right whereas yeah. the, actual, the act of sweating is purely as a cooling mechanism for humans like that's one of the yeah. very unique things we have is why we're such good long distance runners compared to a lot of other animals that like dogs who can only cool down through panting like if we mm -hmm. could only cool down through panting we'd be like just awful yeah exactly that's the thing only 1% of your sweat actually comes out of your armpits anyway and um, it's like people say oh well it's because it blocks your lymph nodes yes your lymph nodes do remove toxins the sweat glands are not connected to your lymph nodes so <laughs> this is mis miscommunication of information a good thing as well I was thinking about the same with you know like it's just aluminium free and you know that no one knows anything more than that's a metal, surely I shouldn't be smearing a metal on my body. That's the only reason why it sells. It's not because there's any science behind it. Because people know if you put aluminium, then people will think, should I? well, they said that it's going to be aluminium free. Sure. Oh, it's lead free, lead because free stuff. It's un unleaded yeah. sh shampoo. <laughs> one, one thing of it, we did um, for Ezra, uh, first, uh, our firstborn, uh, we did some hypnobirthing, which isn't like hypnosis. It's really more like mindfulness or do you know, like that kind of like it's just guiding through the whole process. One of the biggest things was like, especially now, you could say from the Victorian period, um, that we believe for some reason that we can't give birth without ass medical assistance. Right, and it's like, no, yeah. you, your body is literally built to have kids. It's the one biological thing that we are designed to do, like above anything else is to reproduce. And like, we used to think that for some reason, like, oh man, if I don't have a doctor there, it's gonna go wrong. It's like, no, like, the, you know, your, your hip bones, I think I always said that your hip bones, like stuff like that. and like. So the same with so much stuff like the toxin thing, like, oh, we need help removing pop toxins from our body from what we eat. And it's like, no, your body does that for you. You know, you don't need to be told <laughs> that your body does it. You know, your whole, whole like homeostasis, like your body's in like a nice balance. You know, mm. yeah, if it goes wrong, you go to the doctor, but you know, you can bet 80% of the time your body's completely fine. And the same with, you know, giving birth or like, you know, like, yeah, what you eat. Well, no, what you eat's different, but. Yeah, it, we definitely have this thought that we need way more assistance in life than we think we do, especially in, in the regards to yeah, how, how tough we actually are if we if push comes to shove. I think we, yeah, yeah. we don't even scratch the surface of that these days. But. Mm. Oh, thanks, guys. That was really good. Um, I just want to finish on one point because uh, I believe it's important to be or to try when you can to be neutral and unbiased in things. And we've definitely been hammering about how everyone's nuts and what's the, what's wrong with using this stuff. I did find some things to the negative. I don't know if either of you guys did find negative things about deodorant and antiperspirant. I looked up aerosols and I forgot, I didn't end up looking it up about the whole like, you know, just putting aerosol into the atmosphere. I, th um, I think, well, in the end, it's actually the manufacture of it that's worse than the actual releasing of it in the end. That's so true. Like a lot of things, like, yeah, with like um, yeah. electric cars and stuff, the amount of the actual making of one and how, how, how bad that is for the planet is just crazy. The, the lifetime of an electric car's CO2 is more than the average of a diesel 
car in its entirety. Really? Mm. Yeah, so like just making an electric car has more CO2 output than making and running one diesel car. That's it. Well, that may have changed now. Obviously, things like lithium. Uh, yeah. Okay, There's, we'll come to that to another time, but thank you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> before you go on a real tangent. Um, so just as a, as a, just to try and remain neutral here, I did find that A, yes, there are chemicals that are used in deodorants and antiperspirants that are harmful to your skin, but it depends on your skin and genetics and how frequently you use them and if you wash. And it's basically important to read the label and to find out for yourself if you are allergic to something. It is kind of up to you in the end to find out if putting something on you is bad because I mean, you don't go around rubbing stuff that you find on the floor on you. <laughs> um, and the other part is, have you guys ever heard the idea that using antiperspirant makes you smell worse? Mm, no, I have not. Well, I was skeptical. Uh, but I looked up. It was, it was a synodical written by your dad. <laughs> no, no, you know, yeah. <laughs> he would probably have said this. Um, it turns out that it's true. Um, yes, blocking your pores with antiperspirant, because that's the difference again, right? Like, just to remind you, antiperspirant blocks pores, you know, just cover the smell. Uh, it is a breeding ground for the more smelly bacteria. It actually kills off in equal parts, you know, the good bacteria and the bad bacteria, or bad bacteria in, in case of smelling. And with the use of antiperspirants, it's been shown in studies that it does indeed um, f improve the kind of growth of smellier bacteria. And so, yes, as if you continue to use antiperspirant and then suddenly stop, you will smell worse than if you didn't use the antiperspirant in the first place. So no that is something to know. Very cool. So is there anything else that you guys would like to touch on? Um, one thing is about marketing. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you've got to market to, mm. you, like with the Listerine or like with the smells, you, you're making somebody take something on as just part of their life and not realizing that was advertising in the first place. And um, one thing is <laughs> the phrase, you're cooking on gas. That was a marketing campaign by gas companies in America like 40 years ago because a lot of people use electric hobs over there and they want people to cook on gas. There's an advert, now you cook it on gas, and that fully stuck, and that is an advert slogan. Now you cook it on gas. Oh. So, Thank you very much, and I guess on that <laughs> gas shell, <laughs> gas, gas bomb, bomb gas, we will end this week's show. Thank you very much for listening to our uh, sprayed subject. <laughs> I don't know why Of Jaden's and Antiperspirants. It's goodbye from me, goodbye from Alistair. Bye. And Jonathan. Goodbye. See you next time.